Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Tommy Bowles. And I'm your other way cooler host, Matt. And you are listening to the best show on the internet. Your home for entertainment, education, and best of all, honest music reviews. So buckle in for basically the best thing ever because you are listening to Just the Basics. to just the basics <laughs> i thought i'd try something new i don't know if i like that <laughs> you're but, listening to just the basics <laughs> well that was a weird way to start the episode but hey we broke the ice now <laughs> won't get weirder than that right well i don't know about that we're pretty strange but anyways so this is side B of uh, Camila Cabello's record, Romance. I got that right. And so this, uh, we're going to kind of dive into the music side of this a little bit. Last week, we talked about the background of the album, and I think we had a lot of fun talking about the story of it. It was pretty interesting. I mean, 80 songs for this album that she wrote, wild. So go ahead and listen to that one if you haven't already. Uh, this episode, I'll tell you now, if you have not listened to the album already, it's going to be a little strange because we can't play the music without copyright infringement. So go ahead and hit pause and go listen to the album, then come back if you haven't heard it already. All right, you're back. Okay, let's get into it. All right. So the first uh, track on this is called Shameless. And I actually really like the way this one started the album out. It gave me really high hopes. It did. That unfortunate. well... I can say it. We're talking about it. Unfortunately, my hopes were kind of shattered a little bit, but a little bit, but it, it still started me at, like I texted you while I was listening to, mm-hmm. to this one the first time. And I was like, oh, oh, this is this is good. I'm excited. And then as yeah. the album went on, I stopped texting you. <laughs> yeah, the text got a little less excited and then fewer and fewer till I just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I faded into frustration. Right. So this song, it sounds like it starts out with like a driving bass, but I actually don't think it is. Um, I, I, when I listen to it on my TV and on my laptop speakers, it sounds like a bass. A yeah, when I listened to it with my Audio Technica headphones, it didn't sound like it, it was definitely some sort of plucked string, but I, I can't tell what it is. I think it was a guitar. Like I had told you while I was texting you about that, it could be. A synth sound, it's possible. You never know. But yeah, it definitely has that plucked string sound. But I don't think that it's a... But the reason that I would say it's a guitar is that I feel like there's a pick happening. So right. yeah, there are weirdos that play bass with a pick. But generally, that would mean guitar. And the only reason that I uh, was confused of whether or not 
it was a bass is because it sounds like a um, just a eighth note uh, bass line. So I was kind of like, oh, all right. And then that as time went on, I was like, no, it's not really that it didn't ruin the song for me at all. But um, it certainly like the first couple seconds of the song hearing that I wasn't that into it. At first, because the tone is just kind of like whatever. As the song continues, it really it's the um the the drop where she's going uh huh uh huh part. It's that moment that I'm like oh I like it I like this style I like that it's kind of pushing the sound and that's where um in last episode we talked about the fact that her use of uh, auto tune is pretty detrimental at some points. This is a song where the effects on her voice are for the better because it's uh, supporting this electronica, uh, lo-fi, broken-down style, um, taking advantage of that bit of grit in her voice. Though I do think that it kind of set the rest of the album up for failure a little bit because of the content matter. So, like... When you, I will say too, when you, when I listened to it with the, those high quality headphones, it sounded so much better. Like I could actually, I actually really liked it just from the get go hearing that driving eighth with the high quality headphones. I actually really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most people aren't going to hear it with, you know, an Atom 50 X plugged into a, uh, a high quality sound card. So the way most people listen to it, they won't hear it. But my favorite part about this song, Matt, I don't know if you notice this or not, but during the chorus, the kick drum and the snare drum made a 3-2 clave. I didn't really catch it, but I'm not surprised. Like, I could feel that. Well, so it started out with the kick drum. The kick was like thud, 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 snare, snare, thud, 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 snare, snare. But it was just in the chorus. The rest of the song had that dri- driving eight, so that really thick, heavy pad sound underneath of it. And so I, I really liked that. It set me up. I was so excited because that had that Cuban uh, Latin music influence in there. I'm like, sweet. This album is going to be awesome if it has that Latin flair through the whole thing. Yeah, that's why in the last uh, episode I was mentioning the fact that I wish he took advantage of that more and that... Um that inspiration in the music just because right here in the song it shows that she is capable of using that without going so far as to come off as just like a a foreign musician and there's nothing wrong with that sound i i like it a lot but it doesn't get you know the top of the charts pop and i understand that so if if she can do that with songs like this um, and remember, we mentioned the fact that Liar, that is much more Latin than this one, did better. Then mm-hmm. that makes it all the more surprising that so much of this album well, doesn't look at Havana on her last it. album. Yeah, really. Like You would think that you'd learn the lesson of your number one single. <laughs> yeah, and this had the hints of it. And I think it could have been. Re- I think this song was good. I actually like this one. And I think song. lyrically it actually added to the theme of the album. Because it was talking about being vulnerable in relationship, putting everything out for the other person and having and them responding to you. And I actually felt like that was actually a good depiction of love and romance. Yeah, and I I think it was a more it was a more poetic representation of the concept of the album. It wasn't as uh, blunt in just storytelling. Mm-hmm. And 
that it has just a little bit more to the emotional side of it and what's going on a little bit psychologically in your mind and um like talking about just being shameless and these kind of promiscuous uh lyrics it doesn't end up fitting in with the personalities that show up throughout the rest of the album i Uh, agree it ends up setting up a, a character that she doesn't entirely follow through on it seems like she kind of flip-flops who she really is in this romance and i understand the concept is different angles of romance that doesn't mean it was successful in doing that in a way that i find to be uh artistic and um of value and the only reason so like every song on this i looked at the lyrics and i, and I asked myself how does this fit the theme and the only reason I did that was because she publicly said that she wanted it to follow a theme mm-hmm. if she wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have cared about that as much because you listen like I like Michael Bublé for instance you listen to one of his albums and he'll have a song about his kids and then um, some old jazz tune about you know whatever he just has all sorts of random stuff on there but they sound coherent but the themes aren't coherent but sure. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's a lot of fun. It's really cool. This, the only reason I care is because she said she wanted to follow theme. I mean, even if she didn't publicly say that, or if we hadn't found that she'd said that publicly, it's just the fact that this, the album is called Romance, and there's not a song called Romance in the album. There you go. It's a theme album. It is 100% as bland of an idea of this is a love song album. And um, I'm sorry that I criticize that because it is the most go-to cliche thing. Yes, she does creative things here, but come on. I I mean, I saw the title of the album and immediately rolled my eyes and had zero hope. Heard the first (laughs) song and I was like, oh, cool. This is fun. I enjoy this. This is going to have different takes on this idea. And then we move on. (laughs) So, yeah, I think we've... uh beat that song up enough i actually really like that song though that was a good one that was one of my favorites on the album i will add it to my wife's playlist so it shows up when we're riding in the car that works that's like the highest form of praise from matt if he's gonna listen to something in the car it has to be good i'm going to trick it into my wife playing it because she's the dj in the car or else i get in trouble right i mean okay so all you guys listening you you guys probably, you would never know the story. So Matt and I, one day when we lived in Lynchburg, we were going to college there. We we're driving down the road and I don't know where we we're going. We we're driving down the main highway there and we were listening to some jazz music and um, Sing 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 came on by Benny Goodman and we were just jamming out. We were having so much fun. Well, we completely missed our turn and we drove for like 10, 15 minutes in the wrong direction. And then also we're like, where the heck are we? <laughs> you remember that, Matt? I do. I vaguely remember that yep. we ended up in a part of Lynchburg that we had not yet seen. Well, and it's funny too, because that part of Lynchburg, I ended up living down there a couple of years later. So it wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't even that far away. We were just so confused because we had never been there. And I think we, I think it was... That had to be like my freshman or sophomore year. Probably. Because we learned Lynchburg pretty well from playing gigs there. But yeah, that was that was fun. So if Matt is willing to put it on his playlist in the car, then that, it's high praise. <laughs> Amen to that. So the next song was called Living Proof, which that this is one of the ones that was a single. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for this one as much because of how much auto-tune was on her voice. 
Yeah, that's my biggest disappointment with this one. Like, I'd like, uh, like, in my notes, I just was like, there's interesting tonalities. Like, the textures are interesting to an extent. Like, the, like the acoustic percussion. guitar versus, yeah, the percussion and the uh, bit of electronic effect from the auto-tuning on her voice. Like, it creates interesting sounds to my ears. But then when I hear it just as a song, like the autotune is always disappointing if it's not um, really well done and intentional um, and it, intentional in a way that I mean, you rather you can't hear it because it was just meant to uh, fix her voice a little or it's being used to make an electronic sound in the voice. Right. So which my take on it, because her voice is beautiful. Uh, a couple songs later, later down, there's one song she used almost no auto tune at all. She might use some pitch correction, but it, and it is just wonderful. So I think that they use this as an effect to kind of make it feel like that dreamy sort of way, you know. And it just um, doesn't really work. And I like the chorus for the percussive side of it. Yes, the clapping um, and everything. Yeah, like and and I like her the like the voice and the hook that's in there. I I enjoy it musically to an extent, um, but the fact that it's in falsetto is um, it only ends up eventually getting a bit annoying if you hear it enough times. Uh, which I've listened to this album about six times before we did this episode, so this song has started to wear on me a little bit. Uh, a lot of music will, but Shameless didn't. And there are other songs on this album that I still like. So I'm just saying this chorus got to me eventually. And also the lyrics are terrible. So when you actually listen to what she's singing, you hate the song so much because it's so cliche and weak and not at all. Like it's like a rough draft of a song because there's nothing there. It is just Here's the story. <laughs> well, in, in in my opinion, it doesn't show anything romantic. I mean, it seems to me like it's talking about meaningless sex. I, I had our, you know, I, maybe not. Maybe I took it the wrong way, but that's kind of how I felt it. Like trying to describe the physical relationship and relationship, but I, I'm not really sure. Um, but the thing I, my, the thing I didn't like the most about this song was that that Latin feel was completely gone. It's like I went from being super excited about this album to just like, what? Oh, okay. It's all, it's almost like, I don't think they even thought of that, but at the very start of the song where it opens with uh, like children playing, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I I don't like know if that. it's rude to say it, but that almost has a Latin uh, feel at the start yeah. right there. Not musically, like a Latin album. A yeah. foreign album sound to it. It sounds like foreign children playing, um, and then uh, mostly because they don't say anything English, so you're kind of led to think that. But um, and immediately you get that guitar in, and you're like, okay, where's oh the clave's gone, that groove is gone. There's no actual groove in this song, and yeah, there's like a bit of a bounce, a little bit if you are in a really good mood, but. Eh. Yeah, I I was just a little disappointed by that one. I gave it a 6 out of 10 because at least the first time I'd heard it, I thought it sounded new. So Mm -hmm. I'm still like a thumbs up a little bit 
Well, and the percussion, I did really like. It almost had like either like a marching band sound or like a stomp sort of sound rather than a drum set, which was mm-hmm. cool. It was different, you know? Yeah. It added some nice flair to it. I just was so disappointed it didn't have the Latin flair to it. But, hey. Done poofed. I mean, I, so one thing about me, I'm a bass player. And my favorite thing to play is Latin music. Like Matt can attest to that. Like anytime we did something, I'm like, oh, we should do this as a bassa or like, uh, let's play some salsa or, you know, I was always asking to do something like that. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun for me. So anytime I hear something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, th- oh, wait, no, dang. <laughs> Listeners, it's because it's easier than coming up with a walking bass line. I didn't say that. <laughs> It was just for the listeners. Tommy didn't hear that. That was edited in. He didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's laughing at something else I said. I said something silly about his baby. <laughs> anyway, next song. All right. Well, yeah, I won't even comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, the first thing I wrote, it's called Should Have Said It. The first thing I wrote in my in my note was, ah, a breakup song. You can't have a love song without a breakup song. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually really liked the beginning of the song with that kind of Latin feeling guitar. And it did have the pre- the clave back in it a little bit. Not as predominant, it was more hidden, but it did have that feel. And then it, it, Yeah, it came back with a hint. Yeah, and it kept the electronic clapping sound from the last song. So I felt like it really kept good continuity from those two songs to each other because you did have an element from it. Uh, so I did like that about it and I actually really liked the melody of the chorus and how it did like that call and response sort of echo thing at the end of each line. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that. Now the lyrics did confuse me. So like during the chorus, um, well, okay. So the, the bridge, she said, uh, can I read lyrics without oh, yeah. I think I, yeah. Well, we'll edit it out if we get in trouble. Just don't sing it. Yeah, I just, well, I can't sing it anyway. So, hey, that works. So, (laughs) well, then definitely sing it. (laughs) Yeah, right? It won't matter. Uh, So, the bridge, you said, I wish that you could turn back time. You hold me closer instead of your pride. I knew it was you from the very first night, and it took took you two years to make up your mind. So, that to me sounds like she misses that, like she misses him. But during the whole chorus, she's like, I should have said it sooner. I should have got rid of you, whatever. You know, I'm like, what? I, I don't understand. Those are two opposites. So I was kind of confused. Like conflicting feelings, I, I suppose, are fine. It's just this this song. The only thing I could think of is it sounds like a Britney Spears song. It's <laughs> the one that I texted you about. And it it straight up does. It sounds like she's covering a uh, a deep dive Britney song that never was a hit. For a reason and um i just can't help but feel like it's very outdated even with the latin sound i right. just hear it trying to be britney for no good reason whatsoever she doesn't sing like britney it's just the music sounds like britney music and i don't know why like i don't even listen to britney spears that much i don't know that many of her songs but that is instantly what i felt and i don't really understand why it's just, and I don't even know if that's a criticism because I've also said in the past that Britney Spears' music is surprisingly good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think it does kind of have that flair to it. 
just with a little bit more of that that Latin influence. I will also say I cannot remember what the song sounds like. So the catchiness is at rock bottom because I do remember a lot of these songs. And this is one that is totally out of my mind. I could go listen to it right now, but I think that criticism stands on its own. I don't remember this stinking song. I just remember the uh, the acoustic guitar sound at mm-hmm. the start, and and I barely remember what that actually sounds like. There isn't a hook that got me. Right. Yeah, I can see that. So the next song um, is... I, I don't know if I would say it's my least favorite on the album, but I didn't like it very much. Wow. I really didn't, um, unless I put these in the wrong order. The next one I have in my notes is My Oh My. Yeah. I I just really didn't like that song because... I can't it, believe that might be your least favorite. Well, it's it might be. It, it really might be because it didn't, like, at least the one with Shawn Mendes, it still sounds like her a little bit. This one, I was like, what the heck? Because mm. it, it had no Latin vibe. It was like a more of like a hip-hop sort of trap beat than a Latin sort of thing. Well, the and, only Latin is the uh, the bit of an accent she's putting on in it. Yeah, and I, yeah. Which um, is just a promiscuous accent. It's not even like a Hispanic accent. Right, yeah. Well, and then the rap in the middle of it by baby. I don't know if you got this vibe, Matt, and I might be wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But it sounded to me like he recorded one line and then stopped. And then recorded the second line and then stopped. And recorded the third line and stopped. And they just cut them all together. That would be hilarious. That's what it sounded like. I I really, really hope I'm wrong, but that's one of the biggest reasons why I didn't like it. It just didn't sound genuine. It didn't sound like he actually recorded it. It just sounded like he said one sentence and then said another one and stuck them together. And I just didn't like that. I don't know. I mean, I think that this one is probably the most catchy. That's not a good thing. It's just the, uh, it has that minor whoop. That the uh, 2000s have adored since uh, January 1st on 2000 after Y2K. They have milked that minor sound of just a couple of notes. And that is what hundreds of singles that have been catchy have done. And I I can hear it here. My biggest criticism is that this is probably the worst of the lyrics on the album from just being just incorrigible. Like, I don't, like it sounds too. like it should have been written for a twilight movie. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that the, the lyrics and the rap were bad too, in my opinion. I just, I didn't like I didn't it at pay all. attention to that. It's just the whole thing of it's basically, she's after a dude that's a werewolf. That's all I hear in it. I'm like, all right, fine. It's catchy. I like her. I still like her voice to an extent. If it was completely separate from the album, I think I'd be okay with her voice because I still like the tone that she uses. It's still a little rough. It's just once you've already had the context of other things, it's even more confusing to get to this spot. And I'm just like frustrated by it a little bit. And I cannot stand the, the just the outdated edgy lyrics. It, it's it's just written for a 13 year old girl huh. I, like I that's not, not what <laughs> that's well i mean like from it's like written for the uh not like to a 13 year old girl but it's like <laughs> a 13 year old girl wrote the song because of that kind of high school vibe of oh it's a bad boy 
that's yeah. cool sort of thing. And okay, maybe that's why it's on the on this album, the romance thing. It's another angle. Well, but that doesn't give it value in actually exploring the whole concept, even though it's not that deep of a concept anyway. I didn't think it really had anything to do with romance. It's like, like to me, like a one night stands, not romance yeah, or a love, you know, but that, that was just my opinion. I, you know, I think a little differently sometimes and clearly I think very differently because this, when this dropped as a single, it did really well. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like I said, it has that catchy thing that's going to hook people no matter what. They'll hear it once. They remember it. They go listen to it again. It sounds dark. It's uh, it's about sex. So and it there you fits go. the radio really well. <laughs> sure. It's a really good radio song. So I I personally didn't like it, but I think they did a good job of what it was trying to be. I think it did a good job. It's just better as a single than on the album. It grooves a little bit. I'll say that. Yeah, it does. There's and, a bit of a groove there. I mean, saying it's better as a single than on an album is not a bad thing about the song itself. It's just the way the album's done. But I feel like that about a lot of songs on this. I mean, we talked about it last week. A lot of these songs sounded better as singles to us. Right. I mean, we're we're approaching this as an album review because I think that's a fun way to look at this. It's kind of like reviewing a movie. Like, did they mean to put this together as an album or are they just a single artist that for some reason, released an album. An album is an outdated concept that can still work as a work of art because they make money off the singles and yet they still will release an album and then they're still scored like that because the music industry is behind the times. But like, still, this is the issues that you face when it's um, when it's an artist representing themselves with this whole project. So... That's why we're going, we will have that criticism of it doesn't fit. It works as a single because it could have just been a single. It didn't have to be here. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I, I will not, I'll admit that I could be wrong in my thinking about it. Just from my understanding of what the song meant from reading the lyrics and listening to it, it just didn't feel like a fit. But let's go on to the next one here. Um, the next one, Senorita. I like that song a lot. I don't want to talk about it too much because this isn't really her song. Nope. And I hate Shawn Mendes, so. <laughs> I don't know why I have something against him and I don't really have a specific thing. I just, I don't like his music and I don't like the white guitar boy vibe. <laughs> yeah. I will say it was one of my favorite songs as an individual song on the album. I don't know. Something about it. I just liked it. I can remember it. I just I, I skip it because I'm like, it's not really her song and I don't really care about hearing it. And it's not a bad song. It's just I have no interest in it. And it's it's not good enough for me to be like, I'll forgive Mendez for my previous hatred. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, Matt. I don't know how much uh, you how closely you listen to the lyrics on that one. But to me, I feel like he's kind of leading her on the whole out the whole song. And she knows it and is just kind of going along with it. A lot of this album is a, is about him, I think. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. I don't know. I All did right. put in there that the lyrics are once again painful. Yeah. But it's not her lyrics, I don't think. So continue. Yeah, she has songwriting credit, I'm pretty sure. But I don't know. For shame. Get, for shame. Well, you can get songwriting credit for anything nowadays. You can say, well, I want to do this word instead of that word. And now they have to give you songwriting credit because otherwise you can sue them. It, it's kind of no, crazy. It's fair. It's, it's whatever. It's how it works. Yeah, exactly. But just like producers. But anyways, we talked about that last week. 
<laughs> so the next song on here is uh, Liar. And yep. the way this one started with the horn intro, I kind of got excited but it because that Latin feel was back. But I'm like, this doesn't really match. I can't tell if those horns are real. I think that they were. I'm pretty sure. I can't tell just because I can't. I think they were edited a lot if they were real because I just don't hear the fullness of a real horn. I would imagine that the saxophone towards the end is real because that would be real stupid to uh, play that with a synth. No, I, I think it was all real, but you got like this whole album was very heavily um, had a lot of processing and effects on it. So I, I'm pretty sure it was real. And I liked it in the beginning. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. You know, we got this fun horn intro. This is sweet. Um, but to me, the it, the horns did not fit the song. Like, I thought the song, the horns could have, the horns could have fit the song, but they would need to either change the horn part or change the rest of the song to make them gel together. It just felt mm-hmm. like they kind of slapped them in there. Like, there was this pop song a few years ago, Matt, I and I can't remember the name, and I thought about it throughout the week, and I could not remember the name of it, And but it started a trend of just, you'll be in the middle of like a hip-hop groove, and all of a sudden you'll just start with like a a horn break, and it sounds kind of like a piano montuno as far as the way it'll feel, but it's uh-huh. like a saxophone player, or a, ten, a tenor player, or a trumpet, or something like that. Like, I've got the melody of the one that started it in my head but I can't sing it. Um, right. I can't remember the name, but that's what it felt like to me. Like it felt like they put them in there cause they thought we should have some horns. And then when you got to the end and you had the horn solo, I was like, what on earth? This melody doesn't, I don't understand. I just, I was disappointed by the horns. I was excited when I heard horns and I was like, wait, I think that they put them in here so that they could say they had that Latin feel. That was yeah. just my kind of feeling about it. But I thought it was cool though. They had the up the upbeats on the guitar stroke or the guitars in there, and along with the horns, it could have been so great. It kind of had a, like a Miami sort of feel to it, which is cool. With super True. processed vocals on the other side of it, I, I don't <laughs> am I just don't know how to reconcile the two in my mind. Like when I hear cool horns like that and Latin rhythms and stuff, I don't think heavily processed auto tune on vocals. I have a hard time putting those two together. Yeah. Uh, they did it and I thought it sounded okay, but it was definitely not my thing. The thing that I had with this song is besides not being a huge fan of the tone of the horns, um, just because it wasn't enough and they didn't take advantage of it enough, just like you said, and it kind of seems a little tacked on. The melody that they play is um, note to note, it starts off the same as um, the it, those of you that know the Legend of Zelda know the Gerudo Desert theme. Da 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 da. You know what it is if you know what it is. Um, it is exactly those notes, same key. It goes away from that immediately. It's just it starts with that exactly, and um, that that that's something that it's just that's how music is you will come across things again and again and again if you listen to music enough it's interesting it shows that you have a good ear that can catch things like that it's just something that threw me off on this song and every time i hear it i like it 
extra only because I hear that moment of the Gerudo Desert and it makes me smile a little bit. So it like gets a boosted extra point just because it makes me feel that Legend of Zelda joy in my heart a little bit. And it has nothing to do because, like I said, I don't like the sound of the horns right there. It doesn't sound that great to me. And I will give it bonus points for giving that saxophone player a solo's worth of time to play, whether or not that was uh, pre-composed or actually improvised. I don't know. I don't care. But having a saxophone solo in a pop song that was a single and actually made it higher than, I think, all of the singles, I think. Um, uh, I can't remember. You have to listen to last week's episode to be sure. I, I don't, don't have I don't, in front of me. I, I don't recall. I just know that it made it pretty high compared to the others that I appreciate that soloing for instrumentalists is it. It still has a stand in pop music because a lot of the time they don't do things like that. And it's something that pop lacks for me is that the instrumentalists get a bit ignored a lot of the time. Yeah. And this is another really good radio song. So it's funny. We kind of thought opposite on that one. I really did not like it at all. (laughs) Well, I don't when I uh, take out that part of it making me think of the Drudo Desert. Right. <laughs> because I love I love that track. And then I hear this and then I think about it a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, but it's really a forgettable song. But I yeah. only remember it because of that. We'll see about the next song, though. That This is the one that I'm the most excited to hear what you have to say. I didn't even look at your notes for this one because I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, well, I'm the next song, Bad Kind of Butterfly. I'm just going to start with this. That upright bass at the end of the song was out of tune. Really? Every time I listened to it, I cringed. I was like, what the heck? And This I did not catch. I'll have to go listen to that. I I swear I wasn't trying to listen to it, but I cringed every time I heard it. Maybe he wasn't out of tune. Maybe he was trying to play some sort of vibrato that just sucked. I don't know, but I I cringed every time. It's really high up in the register, and it's really hard to do, but... I, I didn't like it. And I so I really like that it used a lot of dead space in the song compared to the other ones. Yep. But lyric, lyrically, is this about cheating on her boyfriend? This song, I actually looked it up. I Or, well, I don't know if this is true because it's from Genius. So I think that kind of has a Wikipedia aspect of it. This song was most likely written, um, well, maybe not during, but about her relationship prior to Shawn Mendes in thinking about Sean Mendes. And yes, that's exactly what it's about. It's about her considering uh, that she is having thoughts about somebody else. This is my favorite song on this album by far. Really? Wow. See, this, this is, was one of my least favorites on this album. This is leagues beyond any of the other songs in my book because it, wow. it is so it like the lyrics I think are really clever when it's juxtaposed with how tense and awkward the uh the tonality of the song is yeah like the the bad 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 kind of butterflies part and how it's all cutting out in silence and mm-hmm. it, it's just really harsh and sharp in that point and her voice the way that she's uh, making it really shrill in it to me that is like that's the one that made it that overall I'm still up on this album because for me, because I I gave all of these songs a number rating. This one's a 10 out of 10 for me. I didn't hear the the out of tune bass thing. So I'll have to go and uh, catch that because that that uh, that amuses me (laughs) because, of course, it would have to have something that would knock it down a little bit. But 
Oh, in general, though, this is a really creative song to me. And it has like I'm kind of into electric sounds right now. Like I'm crazy into Gorilla's music. Uh, and then I kind of flip back over to jazz and I'm back and forth between those and uh, chiptune stuff. But right, right. So I think this kind of fits the style that currently my ears into. But just everything put together, there's just something about it that it gives that anxiety of having the feelings that she's talking about. And if the whole album did this, this album would be a tr- actual work of art because the music actually fits the uh, what she's singing about of having those feelings of wanting to be with somebody else and then having the anxiety of those feelings. It's not just about wanting to cheat on her boyfriend. It's that she is like borderline scared, but still wants to do it. And it, I think that like just having it, the bad, bad kind of butterflies that you get butterflies when you're nervous, when you have anxiety, I think there you go. You finally made one song where you're not just telling the stupid story. I just wish that this was a consistent personality to the rest of the album, because this girl and this song is a totally different girl from all the other girls from all the other songs. And that's what infuriates me the most about the album in the end, because holy crap, I want more songs from those feelings where you actually start to connect what you feel and uh, and think and uh, a bit of that poetry in there to the stinking music. Because, geez, like, yeah, it doesn't sound as good as some of the others, but there's just something there that's a little bit extra for me. Interesting. So I'm going to have to listen to this again. You might have changed my mind on it or you might have convinced you might convince me to consider changing my mind on it. I'll say it that way. That's totally fair. And uh, I mean, that's the best part about this format is that in the end, we can have totally different opinions. And that's why I was so excited about this one, because for some reason, I knew you wouldn't like it. (laughs) Really? Really? I was going to ask that next. I wanted to know what you thought I was going to think about it. I will say the strings were a nice touch on it. The strings were good, except for that upright bass. And that upright bass, again, I was not like, I don't, I don't listen to music and sit there and think, hmm, how can I criticize the bass player on this tune today? Like that, that wasn't my goal. I just heard it. And I was like, oh gosh, what on earth? And every time I listened to it, I listened to it like four or five times. And every time I was like, oh, what on earth? Like, oh gosh, I'm glad the song's over. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, once you hear those things, it, like it, you cannot let them go. Yeah. Especially in pop music, that it's just such a note that you cannot have notes out of tune. Like uh, the the thing that I, I recorded for myself most recently, I purposefully had one of the uh, strings for one of the tracks be out of tune, and then the other tracks that string is not uh, out of tune anymore. And it's like because there's like a chord player, and that's the uh, the string that a lot of the notes. Um, that you end up hearing or on. So if you listen to that, you will hear an out of tune guitar in it. And it was on purpose <laughs> and just because it was supposed to be a very anxious and creepy sound to it, even though it was very ethereal. So it has its moments where, but if you go and you listen to what I did and you hear that, that's probably the only thing that you'll actually hear about the song. Really? I don't want you to hear it. I just want you to feel like there's something wrong. <laughs> right. So, I mean, when when you guys listen to this, uh, let me know if I'm wrong about that note, because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just didn't like the note. I don't maybe know. it got like pitch shifted and it they just left it in because they were like, yeah, it sounds a little weird. That works with this song, right? Yeah, we're done. I mean, That's I just can't imagine a record that 24 <laughs> producers on it would miss that. 
you know? Yeah, I don't know. And, but to me, I, it just stuck out to me. So if I'm wrong, please tell me. I would love to know. But I'm going to listen to that one again because, Matt, you made a good argument for that. I'm going to have to reconsider. <laughs> Yay. So the next song on here is uh, called Easy. Before we go into this stupid thing, um, Bad Kind of Butterflies, my biggest criticism is it is the shortest song on the album. And that makes me so angry because it's the one that I would have wanted to be the longest. <laughs> See, I was really glad it was short. Anyway, <laughs> go on to Easy. I think, I think it's so funny that you knew that I wasn't going to like that song. I don't know. I, I just I felt like, yeah, he's not going to like this one. And I love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. OK, so Easy. Again, I know I keep harping on this, but these processed vocals are starting to drive me nuts. By this point in the album, I'm having a hard time listening to anything anymore because everything, all the vocals sound the same. And honestly, they're processed so much that it sounds like the the background vocals are in a different room, which probably was the, the intention, but they sound so far away. I just didn't really care for that. But I thought that this actually did a really good job lyrically of painting a picture of love. Because it's talking about all the flaws that you have, but then why you love them anyways. Yeah, I mean, that what it fits. It's just really cliche. It sounds outdated. It's There's not much style to it. I can't remember how it goes at all or even how it sounds. I just can see my notes and I remember that this is of the next couple of songs. You're not going to hear much from me because there's a big old... A deadly blow of a criticism when it comes to these next three songs. I'll just save it for once we get to the the third of these. These were my least, uh, the next three are my least favorite songs until we get to the very end of this album. And uh, so this is the part of the album that I stopped listening to on my consecutive listens after a couple of times. I listened to it uh, three times through, clean, no skipping, even the Shawn Mendes song. And then after that, these were the songs that I was just like, I don't know. I'm done. I will never listen to you again. (laughs) Okay. And that's an easy as a single. So that's why I was shocked that it was a single at all, because it's the it's the starter. It's no, it's not. It's not for me. It's a little too cliche in the writing. Like, yeah, it does fit this theme and it would help the theme if there was a little bit more of that in this album across the board. It's Damn. just, I am glad that it wasn't this shallow in the writing across I, the board. Yeah, I, I must be cliche because this is one of my favorite lyrically. I, I mean, that's like fine because the, the lyrics are like, they're not, it's not that they're bad. It's just there's cliches in it all over the place. Right. And eventually yeah. that, that annoys me of just like, okay, come on, at least say something clever. <laughs> yeah, I just, I thought it did a really good job of painting the picture of romance and love. That, and I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. That was my it's favorite cute. thing about that. Um, it, what she says in it is cute. And uh, and I think across the board, a lot of her messages, it is a, a cute thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I did uh, make a note in here. I Musically, it felt like every other song on the album. A lot of process vocals, not super interesting, but not terribly dull. But I do enjoy the melody on this. I like how broad of a range that she's using. I think it's very difficult to do that and do it well. I do think she did a good job of that. Overall, I thought she did a good job vocally on this album. Just some of the writing wasn't my favorite. So the next song on this was Feel It Twice. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't want to feel it again. (laughs) So 
the acoustic guitar was back, which I did enjoy that. I'm actually going to pull this up, so I'm sorry, listeners, if you hear it for a moment, because I truly don't remember this one. So it had the acoustic guitar intro again, which I do like, and it's got kind of that power ballad, epic feel. Um, I feel like in this one that you would see some sort of Disney montage going on in the background behind it, as far as musically the feeling of it. Like, if I close my eyes, I feel like I could see these little animated Disney characters running through a meadow or going through all this random different stuff. But the lyrics didn't really have that same feel, which was okay, you know. It was kind of like a sad sort of breakup song is what I felt like. I'm going to take that blow a little bit lower and say that it would work for a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, it it would. Or, like, I think um, that um, uh, like regardless of any processing, I think her voice does sound pretty good in the chorus. Like Again, I, uh, I can tolerate this entire album because even when there's a lot of that processing... She does have a good voice, and I like the tone. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I told Tommy like a day or two ago that there are moments in this that I hear the singer that we used to work with back in college. Like just mm-hmm. moments of her singing technique sounds very similar to a singer that we used to work with. And that's just kind of like a nice nostalgia that would only apply to us. Just right. out of no intention whatsoever that it just happens to have some moments where she strains her voice, and I can see the singer's face in the way that she used to make a face when she'd strain her voice in ways. And uh, so this is one of those songs that uh, her voice helps. But overall, I'm just not that big of a fan of it. Well, and I think that you're kind of a good, uh, you're definitely valid in the point there. The criticisms from like Metacritic and stuff like that, uh, they all pointed to the ballads as being a very weak spot in this album. This one didn't need to be on the album. This one should have been cut. Well, and the the weird thing I find about that is her voice is so perfect for val- for ballads. Oh yeah. It's just there was no there was no musical creativity to back it up. It was there wasn't anything unique where a lot of these songs they have even though it's a bit fragmented it's stylistically a lot of them will have some kind of a stylistic catch. Um, unfortunately, they don't take advantage of that catch enough in accordance to like the the concept of that song because they didn't think about it that much. Like the the thing I like about Bad Kind of Butterflies is that's where it really worked, and I don't think they even meant for it to. It's just that's the one that came together in that way that I wanted this album to, especially when I knew for sure that was her intention. Um, if it really was her intention. Um, right. And then, like like I said, these three are my least favorite until we get to the very end of the album, just because it's bland, outdated pop. It sounds like it's from 10 years ago, mm-hmm. or more, even. Right. So I guess we should move on to the next one, so we don't go too long. Uh, yeah. The next song, was that This Love or Dream of You? Dream of You. Dream of You. Okay, cool. I couldn't remember. I have my notes out of order. So So Dream of You, um, again, another ballad that's not very interesting. The distant sounding percussion was kind of cool, I thought. Um, Ish. It was just a nice different sort of texture. Uh, They had been using background vocals sounding distant. Now they put the percussion sounding distant. It has a squeak in the chorus, I think. I say I say I say squeak, but there's like that th- the that high pitched sound that happens in the background mm-hmm. um, that almost sounds like a, a rapper doing his whoo 
sound, but then it's like pitched up another two octaves. And that I kind of like, especially because it doesn't actually hurt your ears or anything. But mm-hmm. um, that would be my only thing that I kind of like about it. Besides that, I despise this song because it sounds like CCM. And if you don't know what that means, contemporary Christian music. Um, I, I don't I don't like this song. Her voice in the chorus sounds really cool i like uh how she scoops up into the the dream of you i do like that besides that this is a stupid song should have been cut that's funny so i didn't really get that vibe from it um go back and listen to it and close your eyes you'll be in convocation again (laughs) yeah i'm gonna have to listen to that again because i didn't get that vibe when i listened to it uh as far as like my ears were concerned i was just my ears were dead at this point in the album You're checked out yeah, well my, my note says um all of the songs follow basically the same form and it gets monotonous i get trying to have the continuity but it's gotten a little deadening and so like the the effects that they used and the form i mean all the songs followed the same form i didn't even really think about that's going to be really fun if we actually do the uh the Childish Gambino album next because that so that's an album that if there is a form, no one knows what it is. Yeah, I mean <laughs> these ones are all verse, chorus, verse, yep. chorus, bridge, chorus. They're the basic pop form. Yeah, and I, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I For sure. like every song had a bridge, and I didn't think that all of them needed a bridge, and they all repeated a chorus and it's like, well, you don't need to repeat the chorus twice to end the song. I just would have liked something a little bit different, but I can't, I don't want to harp on that too much because that's the modern pop thing to do. I was just having a hard time listening at this point. My ears were starting to dull out. I did think lyrically she definitely captured the theme of love in this one. She sounded definitely smitten for the guy she's singing about, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. But other than that, I didn't really think much of that one. It's a, it's another one that, like I said, like what she's saying, it's cute, but, Mm -hmm. um, I still have my musical issues with it. And, um, the way that she sings the, the verse, it sounds kind of like free fallen's verse. Um, you might have to go look that up, but I think it might be this. I literally just realized it right now that because I was thinking about it in my head of the way that she sings and this whole time I was like that sounds like something I think it's the verse of uh the verses in Free Fallen that use a very similar uh phrasing and maybe even the same notes that's not again that's not a criticism it's only just something that is uh quote-unquote unoriginal that um means that I'm just hearing things that I shouldn't have to hear because everything's been done under the sun. We've all picked the same order of notes already. It's not really going to be original melodically, but that's where the style and the groove stuff comes in and distracts you. So if you start noticing those things, that's because uh, the rest of it isn't distracting you enough. It's kind of like the opposite in a movie where the more that you notice the music, the less it's doing its job. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of just like that. But anyway... Let's get a, uh, get a moving forward because now we get some better songs. Yeah. So the next one, again, my notes are out of order. Cry for me. Cry for me. Okay. I liked this song. Yeah. 
I thought musically it was super interesting. Now, I didn't really, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I didn't really like the mix on it. It sounded like they cut the mids on her voice to make her sound like she was far away from the mic, which I don't maybe. really like. I mean, you cut the mids and add a reverb and it sounds like you're in a different room. So that's kind of what it sounded like to me. But, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just kind of, that was one thing I noticed. The beat does remind me of Shameless a little bit with the driving eights underneath the heavy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun song. The lyrics are kind of um, brutal, kind of sadistic. Yeah. Like she's yep. feeling bad. So he has to feel bad too. Like wh- what? I-, I don't know. Like I- I'm upset that you broke up. So I want you to cry. I-, I just, I didn't really care for that theme of the song, you know, I feel, but I thought it was it, a fun song to listen to. It like it, <sighs> lyrically it belongs on this album because it's it's like it's dealing with those feelings of uh you broke up with this person and now you see them and they're they are they're happy they're with somebody else and then you feel frustrated because even though you left them and you don't actually want to be with them you want to be so important to somebody else that they're still upset about you even if it's years after the fact so even like it could have dove into that concept a little bit more and the music could have actually fit that a whole lot more because you listen to those lyrics and they really don't fit with the song and the song does sound it sounds pretty good it um it sounds like something that would end up on a a just dance game um i can see you doing like fairly simple dance not not like you (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Oh, you no, can not see me at all. I can't dance. Someone doing dance moves that are really easy to this one or like uh, even kids on in like a, a dance studio would dance to this song because it is a very simple groove that has a tiny bit of flavor in there. That's my one comment on it is that, oh, hey, look, we're back to having some flavor again. Um, because really, it was a dead album for a little bit there, um, especially after my favorite album. It just drops off. And that's sad. Yeah. Um, and I I'm tired. of. I am getting tired of at this point in the album of her going into falsetto for every chorus. Yeah, every like like I said, every song is following the same form, not even just form wise, but melodically, they, you know, they always hit the falsetto there. They always hit the pre-chorus in the same exact way, and they always hit the bridge in the same way, you know, and it did just get a little bit old, but this was one of the better songs on the album for sure, in my opinion. I think it was one of the, like, musically on its own, uh, definitely clever, and uh, it still was very poppy. Like, it is a pop song through and through that has some heart to it. And mm-hmm. um, again, the concepts in the writing are not fully uh, fleshed out. And that's a disappointment because those feelings would, again, tying back, bad kind of butterflies, same kind of dark, sadistic um, thought process. It's just she doesn't bring that kind of sadism really into this one, even though it's a sadistic concept. Like it could be a lot more cruel. It's just very. It's. It's just a loaf of bread. That's all it is. Yeah. I will say I was a little confused in parts of this album because she has that part of like the revenge, the unrequited love, you know, the breakups. That's real. And those songs I thought she did a way better job in than the songs where she's talking about how in love she currently is. 
especially considering where this album ends, but we'll make it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, well, I guess we'll make another step to getting to that, that song. Uh, next, the next one, this love by this. The way. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm back on track now. So this love. Okay. I don't know how you feel about this one, Matt, but this was my favorite song on the album. This is a wonderful, fantastic, so refreshing pop song that doesn't belong even a mile within this album whatsoever. It is so good. And why is it here? This song made the rest of the album look bad because it is so good. It's got that 12-8 feel, like that that nice ballad feel because 12-8 to me... So um, just so you guys know that are listening, 12-8 is you feel it in four, like one, two, three, four, but the whole time you have triplets going. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, three. And so you have that triplet feel, the three against two, and it's it's perfect for ballads, in my opinion, because you still have that consistent four, but you have that kind of lilting feel of the uh, the the threes in there. It's also really good for pirate music. <laughs> it also has emphasis on two and four, which brings a a a jazz flavor because two and four is the indication of a jazz groove. Um, yes, this this is R and B. It's not a jazz song. It's an R and B song, and it sounds like an Amy Winehouse ballad. And that's for it's better. It's a good song. And this song, I could actually hear what Camila Cabello sounds like, and her voice is incredible. Oh my gosh, like it didn't have all that processing on there. It just sounded really, really good, Uh, but it didn't fit with the rest of the album. This is like, if we're going numbers wise, like I, I gave it a five out of 10 as a joke. Um, It's, it's not actually that this is my second, very, very close second to bad kind of butterflies only because I've heard this kind of song before and, and I've heard this kind of style done done better and that's that's not her fault it's not at all her fault it's just the fact that bad kind of butterflies is something i didn't expect i haven't really heard something like that necessarily before and i adored it and it was just inspiring and i'll listen to that in the future it's cool this one it's just like this is just a real doggone good song it is and i gave it that five out of ten and you know why i did because it has the funniest most hilarious like gut punching thing about this album is in the chorus this is for one this is the only song on the album that has an explicit flag mm-hmm. um and if you didn't see that you pro well you probably wouldn't actually notice it and you wouldn't even know because at the uh in the chorus the first word for um the phrases is the f-bomb i'm not gonna say it on podcast but yeah because then we gotta um, mark ourselves explicit we don't want to do that True. Yes, we don't want to do that. And um, <laughs> the way she says it in my notes that uh, it's like she is a pastor's wife being forced to sing it at gunpoint. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's <laughs> because funny. she is she is muttering it, and musically it's uh, it's borderline ingenious. I love it. It sounds so good. It's just because it's the word that it is and the way it's sung. It sounds like she's embarrassed to sing it, and it makes me laugh every time. But musically, oh, does that groove? Okay, it is so it, good in feel. It's perfect. <laughs> and the, the so the thing is, so when I listened to this the first time, all, all these songs, I pulled up 
um, I, I pulled up the lyrics and so I had the lyrics next to me. So I'm reading the lyrics along with it because I have a hard time understanding words and songs. So I'm yeah, I'm reading the lyrics as this and it the pre-chorus builds up and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to shout this. And she whispered it. I was like, yep. oh, that was epic. I mean, like, I really, really like this song. I actually think the more I think about it, Matt, um, the whole bad kind of butterflies thing, if the rest of the album would have been more like bad kind of butterflies, this song would have fit perfect, even though yes. musically it's a little bit different because the lyrical content would fit with that really, really, really well. 5,000% if it that would have been so much more consistent and it mm-hmm. would have fit in just fine. But because the majority of the album is like the past few songs, it really like... Yeah, this it, one, this song sticks out like a sore thumb so much so and um bad kind of butterflies like it fits to an extent because of shameless um but it's a much better song than shameless in the end but uh even though shameless is good like you could have kept shameless and bad kind of butterfly and still had this song fit in there because of the lyrical content maybe darkened up cry for me and it would have been better but this song like i it's just that that it's a songwriting it's so easy because we all learn it in step one of writing music. It's about tension and release. So just like Tommy said, as you build in that chorus, you, you know what she's about to say. You can, Mm -hmm. if you, if you're old enough to understand what she's about to say, you know what it is. And then, um, she does say it, it doesn't get bleeped or anything because that would be disappointing. But, um, it not only that, but it totally drops it takes it takes away that release entirely and releases it on the word after and because it goes all the way down to f and then it comes to the me or, or this and me and it is really really clever songwriting it's very simple but it works really really well for this style because we already have that um like i said 2 and 4 are emphasized the f lands on 1 the this or me oh right on to where the emphasis is so it it's tricking you even further than you think because it's taking away that satisfaction of the downbeat while releasing it where the true accent of the groove is and that is really really clever whoever figured out that gold star for you well and the other thing too about that um that line like you're talking about the downbeats and everything she actually sings it like a one and two and instead of a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So she is actually doing a three against two, um, another a hemiola feel right in there. It's it's so good. Musically, it is awesome. And I really like that the second time she drops the F-bomb during the chorus that she does the same thing, but not as exaggerated. Mm-hmm. She still drops it, but not quite as far. And I think I just, it's really, really well written. Yeah, she sings she sounds great on it her voice is wonderful if that would have just been the album i would have like i would have rated this album so much better but this song in my opinion makes me want to listen to this album like i would mm-hmm. listen to all those to get to that song if i had to yeah if you weren't allowed to just click on it sure yep. yeah if skipping wasn't a thing like if it was only on like an actual record and i had to listen through all of them to get there I would probably do it. I might skip the needle like halfway through and just guess and hope I'm close, but I'd listen to him first. <laughs> it's one of those songs that um, when you pay attention to it and really think about it, it can really drive 
your your creativity up. Like a lot of the time when I listen to music, I am I'm just a thief. I'm just listening to that and just fueling up so that I can go and make something um, for myself because I'm just eating up inspiration. And then like and then this is the kind of album that if this song wasn't here and that kind of butterflies wasn't here, I would have run far and probably never touched this girl's name again. And then, but these are the things that are like, the next time she drops an album, I'll probably stop by and see what she's been up to. Because if there's anything like these songs, she, you, you need to keep your eye on her. Like, like this, what, this wasn't a single bad kind of butterflies. Wasn't a single. I understand that bad kind of butterflies is the, like, I know what it is. And it's that song that almost every album out there has for me. That's one thing I'm really excited about this show for is because Almost every album has that one song. It's not a single. They won't play it at a concert. They won't even talk about it. It's just for me and my ear. It is the best song on the album. Like when I was a, even prior to middle school, like I was eight years old is when I got a Walkman, uh, not an actual Walkman, like a Sony disc player, Discman. It was just called a Walkman. So I called it my Walkman. And then I felt dumb later because I didn't know what a Walkman really was. Um, and all I listened to were Newsboys albums. Um, that's the only thing I had. Uh, and I had most, and this is old Newsboys, by the way, not the new stuff. Uh, so the music was much different back then. And all of those albums, there was always one song on it that was weird and unique. And it stood out to me and it still feeds me. Like, I'll go back to those albums. I'm still like, this is good music. It is just good. And yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on there that's just Christian rock, whatever. But then there'll just just be one little thing there that I'm like, holy crap. Like, they were good musicians together. That's awesome. I Like, I really got fed cool stuff with these things. And there's always something like that on these albums, like Bad Kind of Butterflies, that even the artist themselves doesn't seem to to see the potential because they don't talk about it. And with these days, if you don't push your best stuff, I, I I mean, I get it. It's so dark and weird that, of course, that's not going to be the one that's pushed because that's not her brand. Yeah. Still. Ugh. Yeah. This love, it it's wonderful. It's another 10 out of 10. It's just I like Bad Kind of Butterflies a little bit more. Yeah. That's all. I, I do think that this love actually was a good one to put before the next song. Um, The next song is used to this. Now, I only have one thing about used to this that I didn't like, and that was that I had her. Oh, wow. Just like that. You had a hard time understanding me. I had a hard time understanding her. But other than that, I really liked it because it started out really thinly scored. And then you get to the pre-chorus and it plays those chords backwards. So you kind of go um, instead of like a fading down, it kind of gets louder. So you play it and then you flip the recording and it goes backwards. They hmm. did that. And then you had a really big pre-chorus and then it dropped back down again. And so it gave you, it started out with nothing, then it gave you everything and then pulled it right back away from you. It's like ripping the rug out from underneath of your feet. And I love that because it was different. It actually had some nice thin scoring, which, so we come, we come from a jazz background. We played in a quartet. You, when you got four people, you don't have a lot of thick scoring. You're relying on everybody being musicians and being great. And this song Indeed. required that. And I, I liked that a lot. But I didn't like that I couldn't understand her. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. My my one problem with this is that it uses sound effects. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is 
not like synth stuff. Like there is a ticking clock in it and that's yeah. a sound effect. And I don't like when that's in music. Um, not because it didn't really work. Um, although I'd have to really look closely at the lyrics. I, I was, I was just fine on this one. I was just like, okay, it, it's fine. It's good. I already heard the best you're going to do. There's no way that the end of this album is going to top what I've already heard. And so I, I'll have to go back and listen to this one because I was just kind of like, okay, this was where my ears died every time. Um, because mostly because I was on such a high from this love and still thinking about that song. Right. And this song, it really brings it down, ironically, down from a ballad. And, um, and so the only thing I really would notice is that it uses sound effects. It uses like a water droplet and things like that. And that's that is really out of nowhere on this album. And I don't really I don't have a problem with it. It's just because her it's it's like she's incorporating new agey um, ambient music mm-hmm. uh, and uh, actual lo fi. Like I I said, this is kind of like a Latin lo fi sort of a thing. No, no, no. It just it's not really. It just uses some things from the lo fi trends that are big right yeah. now, because that's 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 the big thing for a lot of people. And that makes sense. And this is where that comes to fruition. It's just, it's at the end of the album and that doesn't fit at this point. Like at, that's true. A little earlier. Not in a way that I, yeah, maybe if this was the second song, I would like it more and I'll have to listen to it again because like I just clicked on it and I think I can vibe with it. I think I like it more than I thought I did. I think it was just, downplayed as a result of coming after of this love yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, I i don't I, th- I don't think i have a problem with it it's just sound effects are kind of stupid when that's not yeah the thing that you're doing across the board so i i guess this is one time that i went on the snobby side and was just like come on don't don't use sound effects. What are you doing? Like, if you're not some YouTuber that's trying to make uh, songs to study by, why are you using a ticking clock? Like, why couldn't that have been some kind of a percussion or something like that? If they held up a watch to a microphone and actually recorded it, then I'll put my foot in my mouth because then <laughs> that's some commitment right there. But you know, they didn't do that. Um, Camila Cabello, if you're listening to this, tell us, did you guys want to watch? And you and I, I, I promise you that I am actually sorry for implying that you get around in the last episode. <laughs> I also am very sorry if it can be taken that you have your fame because of Sean Mendez because you were so much better than him. And I was saying it would suck if people were nice to you because of Sean Mendez because that'd be <laughs> stupid and that would make me mad because you don't deserve that. Um, so just so you know, Miss Cabello, Miss Sis. No, well, you're, I don't think you're Mrs. Mendez. All this this next song confuses me on on if you're a Mrs. or not. Um, let us know first of all if you are uh, a Mrs. We we need to understand the final song of this album because otherwise, why did you write that song? Um, and Mrs. Cabello, also, what, did you record a, a ticking pocket watch really close to a microphone? Like I'm probably getting closer, so I'm sorry, listeners, that my voice probably just changed a lot. Um, if you did that, then I take it back. Your sound effects aren't stupid. They just sound stupid. (laughs) But I don't think it's that bad of a song. I think I was just too harsh because this love is just such a good jam. Yeah, this love was really, really good. 
All right, so last song on the album to wrap it all up with. I have a feeling that Matt and I are a little different on this one. I have a feeling. So I'll let this you go is where first, I'm going. Matt. This is where I'm going to lean into being a grumpy snob because this song is heart-wrenchingly adorable. Mm-hmm. But um and it's it's not necessarily poorly written although I think um I did spot it in your notes that you have uh the same glaring issue with the lyrics and that's kind of funny um because it is very very odd and I was very confused on who the song was actually addressing because of said issue and I'll let you say that but um overall that's this so is my least favorite song on the album okay. by far one because is she married like I I don't think that I she don't is think so. according to Wikipedia she's not right and I that that right there is a dead giveaway that this song is um I give it one out of ten it's utter pandering crap all this is meant to be is a song that will get money from weddings for being the father bride slow dance and uh it usually you wouldn't even get paid for that there's already a lot of songs like that out there we're not desperate for it what we're actually desperate for is uh um mother son songs that that's work because yeah. that's not really out there and no, there's enough daddy daughter yeah oh yeah i mean <laughs> it that that one is usually typically a pretty awkward moment and it would be nice to have some songs out there that would work for that uh the father bride thing like it, like I said, this is a very, very, very cute song and a cute little story. It's just, I don't, like, I feel like she wrote this since she's not married. Um, and I don't know, like, maybe she was married at some point. Sorry again, Miss Kabea, if for some reason you're listening to this. I don't want to make you mad or anything. But I don't. Think are, are you right? I don't think she is, but... Um, <laughs> I don't think she ever will, but um, if you do, if you do, if no one's ever reviewed your album and this is the first time that, hello, um, be more Cuban, please. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I I just, I don't understand why you would want to write a song that you don't actually relate to, Um especially when it's this personal of a story like for one this sounds kind of like a taylor swift song um it acts like a taylor swift song mostly because taylor swift has decided to try to be relatable to every female on the planet so she'll take on any persona possible with any story possible um just to get your money and this feels like a song that for whatever reason is meant to get your money and i don't know how or why it's just it feels like corporate sludge and it's not even bad musically it's not that poorly written it's fine it's just it makes me nauseous when i think about how unrelatable the singer is to her own song and the uh, compared to the rest of this album like where's the girl in this love and bad kind of butterflies and cry for me and uh also all those other should have said it liar all of them what what on earth happened to her this girl is not at all the same girl in any way whatsoever and that's why it this album is just like why is this the last one it's such a deadly blow to the whole concept hmm. it breaks it for me like I, I hope that you have things to say to 
help it back it up because I I don't think I can be changed on my mind because it just makes me I don't like it. Yeah, um, I'll respond to what you said first before I kind of go into what I was going to think about it. The one thing it could have been, I, I obviously I don't know this, but it could be um, like, I don't know how to say this without sounding, about without being misunderstood. Um, like when kids think about weddings, it's different for guy, for boys than it is for girls. Little girls dream of their weddings. So maybe this is a song written as kind of like a dream for her. It maybe could be. this is like an ultimate goal. I, I don't know. But it could be a fantasy because there's so many key moments that like uh, the doors opening. Right. Um, like a lot of moments that are very uh, they take advantage of emotional moments. Right. So it me listening be. to this song, like it gets those pinpricks of in my heart of thinking about my own wedding and mm-hmm. the things that my wife would have felt and what her father would have felt. And yet then I realize, wait, a dog gone second Miss Cabello, that's not you under the veil. This is just some weird imaginary friend. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't want to hear this crap you've never even experienced. You don't know what these emotions are. How can yeah. I now trust that you understand any of the emotions on this album when I don't, I can't believe that this is really a song written from your point of view because there's not really any, any indication that it's a fantasy. Right. Or, again, I'm just speculating here. She might have wrote it for a friend who's getting married. I don't know. I don't have the backstory on this particular song. That um, would redeem it a little bit for me. I would still hate it, yeah. but it would redeem it for me in the sense that at least it is adorable. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm a little bit opposite on that. I agree with you. This song is very, very sweet. It is adorable. The lyrics are just so nice. Um for the most part, it is definitely a father-daughter <laughs> wedding dance song. Uh, I even liked the chord progression to it. I thought it was simplistic enough, but it had enough interesting things to pull you in. There were two issues I really had with this. Um, the first one is the the very beginning lyrics that Matt alluded to. Um, so it sounds like it is written to her father, is what this whole thing sounds like. And it is funny to me to write a song to your dad about this guy that you're dating and you're falling in love with. And the very first thing you say is that, yes, I'm staying the night. Like, whoa, hold on a second here. If my sister would have told it to my dad, then that guy would have been a eunuch by the next morning. I mean, it would have been so bad. And your dad, Matt, would have done the same thing to your sister. Oh, my gosh. I just think mm-hmm. it's so funny that way to start the song. And then you follow it up with all this sweet, romantic, gooey stuff. And it was like, wait what this is a little weird but i can yeah whatever it's it's just strange to me i i guess i i mean i do come from a more conservative background so that's probably why i thought that but well yeah but at the same time even with a more liberal background like really that's something you're gonna remind your father of yeah you're gonna tell your dad immediately like remind you that you like because it's still fairly traditional <laughs> with weddings yeah i know we we've uh we've started to grow away from that and we're trying and we're making weddings more unique but there's a lot of uh traditions and concepts that like the bride is pure that's where why she wears white and all of this and that's like part of the whole wedding um superstition hubiwadi and all of this whether or not she is what it, it that doesn't matter what does matter is why is that so 
early in the song and why is it there at all like uh, compared to the rest of it because i was like okay um well if you run with that concept because honestly that's comical and it almost makes it to set up yeah i did too like it sets the song up to be a funny song almost and almost like a parody and no it's it really is none of that it's just that it's just written from a perspective that that really must not matter that much except it the the thing that's just so weird is it's written with the implication that the father wouldn't really be accepting of it yeah i know and then because she's trying to build up this trust me you'll like him he's a great guy yada yada i feel like like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just different, but I feel like if I was going to try to tell my dad bad news, I would try to butter him up first and tell him all these great things and then be like, oh yeah, and this happened. All right, bye, see ya. That would be my <laughs> thought. But hey, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I just found that funny. Um, musically, there was one thing I didn't really like, um, and that was just the mix of everything. To me, this song would have been a lot better if it sounded like they were in the room with you. Hmm. Um, the effects in it made it feel to me like they were being played in a giant concert hall or big empty room with tile floors, very echoey, big sounding. But I would have liked it more if it felt like I was just sitting on the couch listening to a piano in the room. Yeah, I think this would have, if this was broken down and a little more raw, that would have helped. It would have um, felt more emotional. It would have felt more real. Um, if you're making a farce in the first place, at least commit to it. And, and like, I I compared this song to, uh, it's it's like a bad Pixar movie. And as I'm sure many of you listeners would know, it's uh, they're few and far in between. Uh, Pixar just makes good kids movies, um, and you can just always watch them and always have a little smile. But there are a couple stinkers, and even so. When you're watching the movie, like uh, we just watched their most recent Onward, that movie's mm-hmm. a piece of crap. Uh, it's not good at all. But that's for a different uh, it's still, podcast. Still, it uh, what? That's for a different podcast discussion. Right, right, right. I'm not really talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that even though it's just a dumb movie, it still kind of gives you those. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's sweet. It makes you smile, and then you real, and then you remember. Wait, why do I care? I really don't. Like, why did why did I still get that moment where there was a chance of teary eye? And it's like it's that Pixar magic, and this song has that Pixar magic in it. That then you have that wake up moment of hold on, uh, just a doggone second. This is stupid. I'm not at a wedding. Why do I care at all? This doesn't mean anything. And the bride is a whore, apparently. Oh, that's a Panic at the Disco song. There we go. More SEL. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, is that right? And yeah, the groom's bride is a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I if it was if it wasn't for that first line in there, I think the song would have been a little bit better. Oh sure. At least it would be more consistently cute. <laughs> yeah, it would have fit me better. But overall I thought it was a pretty decent song. Nothing wrong with it, just, you know, nothing incredibly special about it either. But Matt, overall, how would you say you felt about this album? Because I'm sure everybody Mm. thinks that we absolutely hated it at this point. 
<laughs> Most likely. I mean, I did have a little um, childish freak out over Bad Kind of Butterflies, so they got to know I like it a little bit. Um, in the end, I didn't actually give it a number rating. Look at me. I just wrote a big wow. old paragraph. Um, I, I Look how, how responsible of an adult not numberizing things. Um, <laughs> I just forgot. My my thing about this is it has it has an identity crisis, not in the fact that it has a mix of musical styles. It's that those musical styles do not feel intentional enough for me to find them believable, whereas it ends up just feeling like it has not, it doesn't have a coherent voice and it just doesn't feel well to, put together as a whole project well enough. And like we said last week, there's a bunch of producers and when you listen to this album if you're being critical and snobby and grumpy about it there are way too many cooks in this kitchen and they need to get the heck out and bring in whoever worked on bad kind of butterflies and a couple of these better songs and this love and work closer with them to make an entire album because they they've got it um it's a shame that there's just some dribble on here like it in the end, if you listen to the good of this album, it is less than 20 minutes in my in the end, if I trim it out. And that's a shame because it is how long? About 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, th- and that's where I thought I was, is about, I like about half of it, and then the rest of it is just not great. It's not for me. And yeah, I have a... a snobby taste and everything and that's that is what it is but we are here to judge it on the basis of us being very critical musically of us loving music and loving unique clever ideas in music and that's why bad kind of butterflies is just the golden child of the album for me because it's just that moment that i can believe that whoever has um is involved with this something there is worth coming back for. Um, if even if that's Sean Mendes, <laughs> um, I, w- I would still say that there between that and this love, there's so much potential for um, future music that 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 is exciting to me that when I hear that she's releasing another album or see it come up on Spotify or whatever, that's going to make me happy because I'll, I'll at least click. And if it's disappointing, it's disappointing. If there's nothing like this ever again, okay, fine. I'll be a hipster and be like, I like old stuff. And yeah, there you go. And that's how it how it is. And if this was just like one producer that just had a bit of a finger in it and they've vanished into the night of uh, Backwater City Studios, then, well, oh, well, oh, well. I think overall, I'm like, you know, a sideways thumb pointing a little bit up she's very talented there's concepts here that show real promise in her songwriting but there's also an equal amount of disappointment in um it being so shallow that's why hearing that she wrote that many songs for this album and some of these songs still made it is worrying because what if the songs that got cut are in the next album uh, who knows um, I, I do think a lot of these pop artists have filler. Like, 
I think that's the way that they do things now. I'm not in the industry. I wouldn't really truly know. But I feel like a lot of these big name pop stars will have their singles. And then maybe they have one like This Love that they don't really do anything with. But it's just a doggone good song. And they did good work on it. And they put it on the album. And maybe they're proud of it themselves. But they don't think people will like it. And then people like me and Tommy that are more critical are like, hey, that's awesome. Good good work. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> and then you... We get our comeuppets from the album, and you get yours. I know it's supposed to be negative, but who cares? Um, so overall, I'm very mixed, but hopeful. I do not hate Camilla Cabello. Cab- oh my gosh, Camila Cabello, Cabello, Camilla Cabello, <laughs> and Sean Mendez. Get out of her life, because <laughs> you you took her from another man and let uh, send her back to that man and then try to win her over again so we get another very conflicted song. Let's get more of those. Just like just keep on trading her back and forth and just keep stealing her back. That's uh, true. It, I kind of really, feel bad for that other guy. After these, I know, I know. When I read that, I felt so bad for him, especially when I knew that the person was Sean Mendez and his yeah. name was Matthew. I think. I was like, hey, hey, That's wait a minute. Fitting, right? Wait, a, hold on a second. Did, was, is there something from college I don't remember? <laughs> is that why I hate Sean Mendes? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. I would hope you wouldn't forget that. Oh, you never know. I was a weirdo back then. <laughs> so I think that the Metacritic score of 71 is a fair score for this. Because it didn't blow me away. Um, not every album can be a perfect album. I've got three in mind that I think are perfect albums. Maybe a few more. But I've got three that I could rattle off the top of my head that I think are perfect. Um, this one's not that. But I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever heard either. No. There was enough good from this album that really pulled it through for me. Um, I just I didn't like how much processing and effects there were on the vocals. I felt like that took away from her talent because she has such a beautiful voice. As you can hear in this love, her voice is amazing, but I think that they kind of diminished it with all of that extra stuff on there. And I do certainly hope that that is really the case. And this love isn't just the one producer that has a real talent with uh, effects on vocals. Cause that would make me sad. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it, like, honestly, I haven't, never really look for that in vocals that much like i'll i'll catch it if i'm if i'm listening for it i can hear it and it can ruin a song that's usually why i ignore it but again a lot of the music that i listen to has a lot of effects on vocals so my ear isn't as opposed to it and that's just something that i feel like i'm going to get better at as we do these album reviews with pop stuff is being able to identify that and remember oh wait that's not a good thing that's uh, that's uh, bad. That's not something I should be hearing right now. I'm not listening to some uh, uh electro dance music or funk or whatever where they can do whatever the heck they want with their voices. Uh, it's not like that. It's it's purposefully trying to make her sound like a better singer even though if this love really has no effects on it, she why would you do that? It. Yeah, she doesn't need it personally. I, I don't think she does at all, but um all right. Well, that wraps up the first episode of the flip side. First two episodes, I guess. Uh, let us know what you guys think of the new comment, the, the new comment, the new format. Gosh, what is a comment? 
no, leave a comment. Um, email us, send us a DM on Instagram, uh, hit us up on Twitter, whatever. We'd love to know what you guys think so we can continue to provide more and better content for you. I'm sure you heard our intro music and you will hear it again in the outro, that nice bumper music there, that uh, improvised solo on there. If you want your solo to be featured, head over to our website, justthebasics.com. There's a short little form to fill out there and we'll email you the tracks and the instructions for what to do. And we'd love to hear what you can do. And yeah. If you really, really like our show and you want to support us, you can check out our Patreon page. Uh, There's a link to that on our website as well, and I'll put a link in the show notes below here. So, uh, yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. We really, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. New format. Basically felt like a new show in a way. Oh, yeah. This is... Next week is going to be a little bit more of like our traditional sort of thing. We're going to talk about the difference between a jazz bass versus a P bass. And who knows, I might even play for you guys a little bit. We'll see. But uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it might be fun. <laughs> During that time, like, leave a comment if you have album suggestions. Like, we don't have a big list. Like, we'll just go and find what we want. But if you have suggestions of things that you think that we'd really love, or maybe things that you think we hate and you want to yeah. hear us criticize it, like, go either way. It doesn't matter. Like, um, again, if you want to hear Matt get really angry, send him something terrible for us to review. If you send me a Justin <laughs> Bieber album, I will. Oh, we should do baby next. <laughs> what on earth? Why would you do such a thing to us? <laughs> because they're going to want to laugh at how angry you're you going to bring back bad memories of high school <laughs> <laughs> or middle school. That is feels like forever ago. Yeah, it was a oh, long no. time ago. I forgot. I was thinking of his last atrocity that he dropped on us a couple months ago. I haven't even listened to it. I've just heard that it's so bad. Then I'm like, okay, I, I'll just avoid that one because, oh dear. <laughs> Okay, who knows? Maybe it's good. <laughs> hey, who knows, right? Well, I haven't listened to it yet either. But yeah, let us know what you want us to talk about next. Uh, we would love to hear your opinions. So uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. See ya. See ya.